This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by Evan Grant. There is no David Moore. We made him up all these years. You want to go ahead and tell them, Evan, how you were the voice of David Moore? I was not. <laughs> That's Robot David. <laughs> again, David loves to say again. Again. That being said. <laughs> the. Uh, you know, David does not speak in contractions. Is that right? Does he, does he not do that? He does not use a lot of contractions. He also says, instead of saying the, he says the. He always says the. Well, he's biblical in that respect. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's, he's a not, biblical he's not guy. using it as an article. He's using it as a pronoun. As an article? You mean like a story in the paper? Uh, no, that's a little grammar humor, Kevin. A little, <laughs> a little grammar humor. Oh, and we're picking up the listeners left and right. <laughs> so we're here to speak about the Rangers, because if there's anything more exciting than grammar talk... It's the Rangers. It's the Texas Rangers. You know, Evan... We shared the ballpark together on Saturday night when I was miserable. Yeah, Evan was miserable. Boy, I go out there for a little fellowship, a little fun, and Evan wouldn't even talk to me in the press box. Yeah. But why how is that different from <laughs> from what goes on? Well, in I here? will say that most of the time that would that'd be okay with me. Yeah, I know. You know. But, but you were lonely and miserable, so you knew. Yeah, I was. I was. It was the one time. So what did you think of the game on Saturday night? Uh, here, here was, you remember that I said that I think he took out Mike Miner an inning too early. You said because he'd thrown 92 pitches in five innings that that was enough. Didn't need to go one more. Uh, he had not also – he had not been effective really in those five innings. And, yes, he ended up no. putting in uh, – I think he just demonstrated again um, – what one of the issues facing this team is. Uh, yeah, if he's not good my, and if Lance Lynn's not good, they're in trouble. Well, you've had to move Jesse Chavez into the rotation, and so now you're looking at uh, your middle guy um, after you had used your bullpen on consecutive nights uh, and used it heavily the night before. Your middle guy is a guy who was making his third major league appearance in Phillips Valdez. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had pitched okay in the first two in the first two outings, but that's a high high leverage situation to put him into, and eventually that's that's going to catch up with you. Um, but I, I I think you know the the bigger concern is, uh, for the Rangers is we want to make sure we keep Mike Miner healthy, and if he's not as effective as he was uh, earlier in the season right now we're going to take extra good care of him because either the Texas Rangers will, uh, in the next 
today is July 16th as we talk. So yeah. in the next 15 days, they're either going to trade him or sign him. But I, they're going to trade him. Do you, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. <laughs> you said they're going to either trade him or sign him, but they're going to trade him. Correct. Yeah, so what does that mean? I, I just think I, I think this weekend really needs to serve as a um, uh, a guidepost for John Daniels because this team is is significantly behind the Houston Astros, not just in 2019, but going forward. If you look around the diamond, this is kind of the focus that I wrote on t- today. If you looked around the diamond all over the course of the weekend, even though the Rangers split that series with the Astros, at what positions do the Rangers have better long-term prospects yeah we've we've discussed this before and once it's, it's, they had it one and seasons past you know uh where were they better and and this was before uh, alex bregman had really asserted himself and at third base you could say that adrian beltre was better and and but of course and elvis is very good but not as good as as uh carlos correa and, and shortstop and again and, and of course to Altuve, use the david moore phrase again again uh, you have to look at the future uh, because the Rangers, if the Rangers want sustainable long-term success, mm-hmm. that means you have to win the division. Yeah, uh, you can't take your chances at playing for a wild card every year. Yeah, and to win the division means going through Houston, and so you've got to measure yourself up against the Astros. And you look around that diamond; uh, there's nobody going anywhere anytime soon in in, in Houston's lineup. Probably not. You know, it's not so much playing because, you know. You and guys have taken steps forward, too. Yeah. You know, you sure. Look at, look at this weekend. Who was the most impressive hitter you saw all weekend? Jordan Alvarez. Yes, without a doubt. And he's been yeah. up for 23 games. Yeah, that's pretty phenomenal. And they've already moved him into an RBI-producing spot. Right. So, that's to do that with a rookie, when have the Rangers ever done that? I, I, I don't know if they ever used um, – Mazar there after his hot start in 16. But again, the Rangers also had, you know, they had, they had Beltre in the middle of the lineup at that point in time. Yeah. So. Uh, you, you don't have to be better at every position to beat somebody. Uh, although that would be nice. Better be better at a few. Better be at a few. It, the, the larger issue uh, for me with the Astros is that uh, when you look at their outfield as a whole, like they play uh, Jake Marisnik out there in center field. Well, he can't hit. But he's one whale of a center fielder. You know, as as I was listening to Steve Bouchelle and uh, Mark Macken were talking after the game, this is a guy, when George Springer plays right field, the, then that center fielder must be really good. So they've got, a, they've got a right fielder who could be the center fielder, and then they've got a great center fielder, you know, when, when Springer's playing right. And then you've then you got Josh Reddick out there as well, who's also excellent defensively. Well, you've got Brantley in left most days. Yeah, and, that's right. And, uh, and, you know, Springer plays center – Springer's split his games between center and right, right. this year. Uh, and so you've got four starting outfielders for for three spots. Yeah. And, um, and they were using, the, the, you know, they could use that in some days as the DH, but now they've got Alvarez there. And yeah. and at some point in time, he's probably going to play the outfield too. So yeah. it just, it's really is, it really is amazing. Uh, and I, but it goes further than that, Kevin. I mean, you, you look at, you look at the Astros pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guys that they've got uh, at the top of their minor league system. And the Rangers don't have comparable pitchers. And so no. the Astros either have the ability, if Garrett Cole leaves next year, mm-hmm. whether he goes to the Rangers or if an Orange County raised guy ends up in Anaheim, mm-hmm. uh, they could fill it in from inside, or they could use some of that inventory to go out and get one of the couple of controllable 
really good kind of front of the rotation pitchers that are out there. If the Astros get Noah Syndergaard, and even if the Rangers end up with Garrett Cole, that's at best a draw, right? Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you this then. So when you made that really cryptic comment about uh, so either to keep rain to keep Mike Miner or trade him or trade him, I don't think it was crypt. It, it was a subliminal guy. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. It was okay, subliminal. I got you. But no, I I, I mean yeah. I think. I think my point and, and the point that I was trying to make in the column is minor signed through 2020. And right. if you think that you're close enough to the Astros to compete with them in 2020 and 2021, then go ahead and try and extend him. But the guy's got career high value at this point in time. Uh, and I don't think you're in position to contend with them in 2020. And I think your best shot comes in 2021. When you've given your time, when you've given this rebuild a little bit more time to take to take root, and let's face facts too, the guys that the Rangers needed to take steps forward this year, they've gone one for three there. It's a good batting average. It's not a good production situation. Joey Gallo has established himself as a star. Mm -hmm. You cannot go forward right now thinking in 2020 that No More Mazzara or Rugnet Odor are cornerstone players. No. But I will say this, uh, but, but before I want to get to that, I want to get back to the Mike Miner thing. Listen, I understand the, the thinking, what you're, what you're saying, but you're also assuming that they're going to get true value for Mike Miner. When have the Rangers made a deal? When, did they, when they traded uh, Cole Hamels, when they traded you Darvish, and you went, okay, well, that's what, they got something back for that. Uh, I think this is a different situation. I think that you Miner, think you can get Miner. For I think Miner is, you know, he's in the top five in the American League right now um, in terms of, of Cy Young candidacy. Uh, Darvish and Hamels were not at that stage pitching that well uh, when they were traded. But Darvish was but, a free agent to be. Hamels had a Hamels had a big, big uh, either salary uh, option year attached or. Um, mm -hmm. The Rangers basically let's look. The Rangers were basically dumping yes. what they could with with Cole. Absolutely. In minor, you've got a guy who signed through next year at nine point eight million dollars. Right. Oh, it's very attractive. There's no question that contract's more attractive than the other two were. What I'm saying is, is that I'm not confident in John Daniels' ability to look at someone else's farm system and say these are the guys we want and we're going to get them. Now, listen, everybody knows who everybody's top prospects are. I, it's not. I'm not taking necessarily a shot here at John Daniels. What I'm saying is, is that um, we know what Mike Miner is now, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and and how many times have the Rangers identified good pitching? They identified good pitching with Mike Miner. They got a little lucky. They they wanted him to, you know, they gave him the opportunity to pitch as a starter after being uh, sent to the bullpen in Kansas City and pitching well there. Nobody else was willing to do that. Uh, I'm 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 sure that they had no idea he could turn out to pitch this well. Uh, they thought he'd be a serviceable uh, starter, but not a guy who might be at the front end or at least close to it. So uh, I still feel like, uh, and, and I get what you're saying about the Astros. Uh, my my problem with the you know the idea, our, our old buddy Phil Rogers in uh, in Chicago, who used to work here uh, and worked mm -hmm. also at the old Dallas Times Herald. Um, Feels like the Rangers should should just strip this down, go all the way down to the bottom. You know that that you can't do this, you can't remake on the fly. That you you need to go all the way out, and that's a little bit of what you're saying here. And I, 
you know, I, I don't know if I'm uh, – I guess what I, I'm saying is I'm a little torn here. This team has shown uh, the ability to rise above what seems to be, uh, you know, it, it's, it's better, you know, than the sum of its parts. The sum of its parts is better than the, than the parts themselves. So uh, I, I'm, I'm a little bit reluctant to give up on that, and mainly because – maybe because I'm so old, you know, I, I don't want to see them go through this long rebuild. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is. I, I, I can't really – I can't get a, a feel for this Rangers team and what exactly what they're doing. So let's go on over to what we're. What does the data tell you about this Rangers team? What does data tell you about this Rangers team? Uh, yeah. Well, you look across borders. It's all. It, it doesn't. The right side of the infield is no good. Uh, you know, the left side of the infield's got one guy who's playing really well. The catchers are, are you know, Fedorovich has been a revelation just because he's had some offense. You know, Jeff Mathis hasn't done anything. And if you, and you look in the outfield, uh, if Joey's out there, you know, then you got one really good player. And then, of course, we know about Mazzara. And, and Chu's having a good year, uh, whether he's playing in the outfield or DH. And, uh, and, and then the other guys are just, are just guys, you know. So, uh, yeah, so I, so I understand what you're and, – and then the bullpen's ravaged <laughs> – and the and the uh, and the rotation's got two really good starters, and that's it. And what are the prospects for next year internally? Uh, not good. I mean, I will say this. Uh, see, that's the thing about this team that's so that's so funny. You know, they've they've ridden people like Danny Santana and Hunter Pence and Joey Gallo, uh, and those are three guys that you had listen. In spring training, you know, I wrote that all right because we discussed who's going to be who's the the one guy who has the best chance to be a star of all these young guys. Well, we said Joey Gallo, mm-hmm. and so that turned out to be really lucky. Uh, and uh, and he and he is that Joey is better than we thought he was going to be this year, right? You know, there's no question about that. Yes. He he has far exceeded what we thought he was going to be able to do after last year and the last couple of years. Uh, He's one of the five best players in the American League right now. Absolutely. Now, Mazzara is just who he is. I think we've learned now that this is who he is, right? He's probably he's probably taking a step back from he, last he's, year. He's 24 years old. He is a league average offensive player. Um, he's a subpar runner, subpar defender. Uh, there is still belief that he can be a better hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh but he hasn't taken those steps yet. No. Uh, and and so you do run that risk of uh, he is what he is. I mean, the data in front of you all suggests this is who the guy is until he makes some kind of, of adjustment and it lasts more than a week or two. Uh, yeah. we've, seen, we've seen some nice hot streaks from him and we've seen some long cold streaks from him. And the Rangers can't – you just can't uh, invest heavily in that. And uh, you can't proceed going forward saying, look, we've got definitive core pieces beyond Joey Gallo right now. No, no, they don't. And the Astros do. Oh, absolutely. Well, And they have, and this has been building for a long time with the Astros. The thing about the Astros has been for quite a while that their position players, they were, they were superior to the Rangers. Um, It wasn't a, it wasn't a big edge uh, a couple of years ago, but it was, uh, it was getting there and now it's become a big edge. The thing about the the Astros was, well, are they going to be able to keep their pitching together? Uh, Mm -hmm. Their starting pitching, you know, 
Well, Justin Verlander has given up more home runs, but he's, he started the All-Star game. And the guy's an anomaly. You know, he's, he's throwing 97 miles an hour at 36. Yeah, he's an out, there's no doubt he's an outlier. Uh, so so that, that's just crazy what he's doing. Can they keep Garrett Cole? You know, um, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. You know, in, in Pittsburgh, people weren't that crazy about Garrett Cole. Uh, and then he, he goes to the Astros. And all of a sudden, he he uh, he ramps it up another another notch. Mm-hmm. So, uh, does he feel like he owes the Astros anything? Does he like it there? Does he like the fact that they have so much potential? Do, are they are you know uh, are they smart enough? You know, Jeff Lunau going to say, you know, we really do need to keep this guy. Uh, this he'll be kind of because you know what what if Verlander finally you know goes over the hill, you know. You need Garrett Cole fronting that rotation. So, you know, uh, I, if I'm the Astros, I don't know how, why you'd let him get away. Uh, I think that's just – I think that's crazy unless the numbers are just outlandish. So, you know, uh, if the Rangers, you know, I, I just can't – I can't figure them out. I, I just can't figure out exactly where they are. Like, as we said, when you, broke, when you break it down, uh, what do you see there? Uh, now, let me ask you this about uh, Danny Santana, uh, who we also discussed over the weekend when you when you were talking on Saturday night. We did talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so who is Danny Santana? Is he the guy who hit, what, 319 as a rookie uh, and is now also a 300 hitter, a guy, a switch hitter with a, a quick stroke uh, that's very powerful, uh, who's fast, who can play multiple positions? Mm-hmm. How is this guy not a star? I mean, you know, what happened to him in between that rookie season and this year? Um, if if he if he if, if this was his, you know, second year in the league, you know, we'd all say, oh my gosh, this guy, this guy is, is gonna is a legitimate star already. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not his second year in the league. It's his what his fifth year, sixth year. Yeah. So uh, there were some bad years in between. So let me ask you, can maybe maybe there's not a big gamble here, but but what do they do about that? Do they say, uh, is it how much do they have left on Ruggie Odor's contract? Three years after this. Three years. That's not the question though. The question is how much money is it? Um, I believe it's thirty-five million dollars. Can they afford to eat a thirty-five million dollar contract? Well, I I don't even I, I don't think that that's a. Um... I don't think that's a consideration. I, I, I don't know what the right phrase, phrasing here would be, but listen, I, I think that if after this year, mm-hmm. um, you go into next season, whether it's Nick Solak who they acquired last week, or yeah. Danny Santana, there's going to be competition for the second base job. They're not going to give Rugnet Odor the second base job going into next year. Now, would they? Uh, well, here's, they, but here's what I'm. Uh, we we would they about. just cut? Would they cut that? Cut loose from that? No, they're not going to. Uh, but there's going to be there's going to be some degree of of competition for a spot if you don't see if you you don't see dramatic improvement in the second half. And I just don't at this point in time, I don't see anything that suggests a legitimate adjustment on Ruggie's part. I don't either. But here's the thing. Let me ask you this: Do you really think? That Odor is going to sit there on the bench and be a part-time player. First of all, 
yes, he can play second base, but he's but he's not going to play the outfield. I mean, Santana's playing second base, first base, the outfield. That's hey, what they want in a bench hey, piece, you get right? Put, you get put on the bench, and all of a sudden you may have to learn some other positions. But do you really think he's going to do that? Mentally, do you think he'd, he'd really handle that? It's, it's going to – Knowing, knowing Ruggi Odor the way you know him right now. I don't know. I mean, I know the guy wants to work. I know the guy wants to be better. I don't know that he's as um, intuitive about his swing as <clears throat> other players are. But if they tell him to go out and work in center field, I have no doubt that he'd go out and work in center field. And he'd, really? And he'd put effort into it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't doubt that. I, I, look, I mean – I know the face that Ruggie puts up publicly, um, but you can't you, you can't be going through this season at one ninety six, um, thinking that that you've done your job. Yeah, and of course you're you're saying by the face, and this is what I think bothers some fans too. There is a lot of swagger in in that little body. Yes, there is, and uh, which is. This is not a bad thing when it, when it's all working. When it's not working, it looks really bad, uh, and it hasn't been working for for quite some time. Yeah, now. I'm not going to get caught up in, in in the in the optics there. No, I I know that, but what I'm but what I'm also saying here is that there are there are some optics here. There are also it, it's like it, it's been discussed and we've discussed. Um, we hear about how hard he's working. How hard could you be working on this? When this is the result, correct. So uh, he's he's resisting. He's resisting the uh, the thinking that I, I got to lay off those pitches. I got to lay off these pitches that are high in the strike zone. He's he's resisting that. He's still swinging at them. So that that's what if we're going to compare to what Joey Gallo did uh, when he's laid off those pitches. I thought that that uh, Chris Woodward described that really well about Gallo. He said, you know, he still strikes out a lot. He's got a big swing. You know, if you go up on uh, with a fastball on him, he's he's susceptible to that. But he's going up on a fastball that's at the top of the strike zone, not one that's out of the strike zone. You know, he's still swinging at these pitches that are in the zone. He just cut down on that, on what he swings at, you know, which is, you know, that's the same thing. It was the same thing with Josh Hamilton. It was the same thing with Nellie Cruz. Once you expand that strike zone and get it so big, uh, then pitchers are not going to throw you a strike. Well, Joey's making them throw strikes. Uh, I'm not swinging at that stuff anymore, and he's taking an ungodly number of walks because of it, and then he's mashing balls as well. Still misses stuff uh, in the zone. Uh, still misses fastballs uh, in the zone. Uh, but he just improved himself rem- uh, remarkably because of that. Ruggie's not doing that. He's he's swinging at what he wants to swing at. And, and this, to me – you are flying in the face of everything that Chris Woodward is trying to do. You know, he is trying to show him, uh, and, and uh, uh, Luis Ortiz is trying to show him that these are the things that you need to do as a hitter. And to be successful as a hitter, you've got to stop swinging at that pitch that is not only out of the strike zone, but it's up and out. Uh, and, and then the stuff that's just up that he just loves to wail away at. So to me, I have a really hard time believing that that's going to be a happy clubhouse with Ruggie Odor as a utility man, as a, a $49 million utility man, which is what the original contract was. Right. Um, I just don't see it working. And I, I know that you, you just don't – how do you let him walk away with that, you know, from that? It's, it's, it's 30-something million left on the deal. Uh, yeah, it's a mess. 
but the thing is, he's he's still there, uh, and it, it, it's a bad example to the rest of the team. Here's a guy supposed to be one of the better players on the team, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna listen to what you guys are saying. I'm gonna do this, even though I'm having no success. I have a very short track record of success. You know, I'm not gonna listen to what you have to say, and that just sends a bad message to the rest of the team. You know. So I think, you know, and of course, he's not the only problem. We talk about uh, Ruggie a lot, and everybody talks about him a lot. What about Ronald Guzman? You know, what's he doing at first base? You know? Well, it's all Guzman's, Guzman's contributions have basically all been defensive. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's, he, he's been exploited now for, for a while defensively. And, I mean, I, you're seeing him play less than – I mean, offensively, I'm sorry. You're seeing him play less and less. Um See, and, and that's a problem for me, too. It's like uh, – I believe he fell to 201 on – yeah, he's 201 in a sub-700 OPS now. And, 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 and look, to not have a, an offensive first baseman, uh, and of course, that's the – my gosh, in, in the last 30 years in this team, they've had uh, – Mitch Moreland uh, had his moments and was pretty good at times. Uh, Chris Davis was pretty good at times, and of course – uh, Mark Teixeira and uh, and Rafael Palmero were were practically Hall of Famers in their time, but uh, but other, but those were a long time ago, except for Mitch. Uh, and you know they they let Moreland go because of the contract was getting a little little big for the production. And now, how much would you rather have the production that Mitch Moreland was giving you uh, than what they're getting out of Guzman? That that's just that's just unacceptable. You know, I did see in, uh, I don't know if you saw this at ESPN, I don't know who, who it was that wrote it, I don't know if it was Buster or somebody else, talking about if the Rangers were buyers at the deadline, what they need to do is go get themselves a first baseman like Justin Smoke. Yeah, no. No, that's not happening. But, you know, it's it's so who's so who's the, I mean, yeah, you can play Danny Santana over there, but he doesn't know what he's doing at first base. Uh, you know, he's a he's a second baseman. Uh, and he, and he, I think he plays the outfield pretty well, uh, for a second baseman. Uh, but yeah, you know, I just think that at some point the, the, the Rangers have got to consider some gutsy moves here. Well, wouldn't trading Mike Miner can constitute a gutsy move? <laughs> yeah, but here's the one guy who's performing. That's the thing. Although I will say this. Well, I, it would be, it would be both gutsy and, um, quite devious if you were able to pull off a trade for guys who were not performing <laughs> yeah that would be really good well that's that's what i'm saying though this is an organization that has such a hard time identifying pitchers uh and so we're going to ask them to trade they 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 find the guy and make him into a if he's not a one he's certainly a two you know and and, and now you're going to trade that but that i mean that kevin that's the nature of quote unquote being gutsy I know that, but, but but let's say what, you've what, got you've got an asset, and it, you've got to have belief that you're going to turn that asset into value, and that you've got value coming behind him. What's the value that you're going to get from Mike Miner? Well, I, I think that you can. I, I don't know that the Astros would do this trade, um, but you look at what. Uh, so you're going to trade Mike Miner to the Astros? Hang on, I'm just. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that. I'm uh, what I'm saying is, on MLB Network. Uh, I believe it was John Morosi, and, and John can be sometimes a little bit out there, but he proposed a Robbie Ray trade to from Arizona to the Astros that included both Forrest Whitley and Kyle Tucker. 
Um, and if you what? were able to get that, <laughs> then that's something. I don't think there's any way the Astros well, would that's, go that's down that That's two of the top ten prospects in baseball. Yeah, and they're two top prospects, and I, I don't see that happening. But uh, if you were able to get an organization, somebody in an organization's top three prospects um, and a, a second prospect in the top ten, um, you've, you've done pretty well there. I yeah, and, and here's here's the thing, Kevin. The Astros, the Yankees, the Braves, three systems that are loaded. Yeah, yeah. All three are teams that would have interest in Mike Miner. Yeah, I, I think if listen, if I thought I was getting look when we talked about, let's go back to the U Darvish trade and the and the pieces that you were you no, 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 no. Wait a minute. I'm saying that the, the names that came up and the Rangers wanted, and, and it was pie in the sky, but Walker Bueller was one of the names, right? Alex Verdugo was one of the names. Uh, Walker, and then Willie Calhoun was Walker another. Walker Bueller was, was pretty quickly off the board. Um, and Verdugo was not that far behind him. But uh, that, that's what I'm talking about. Right. If, if but, you could, but if you could get... But Calhoun, just remember this, Calhoun was ranked, I believe, as the Dodgers' number four prospect. He was, and, and I'm not giving up on Willie yet. I, th- I still think he can hit. Um, you know, he's got to stop doing things like, like when he threw home the other day from left field. That was a ridiculous throw, and you gave up the <laughs> position of the guy who tagged up and went to second. He, he, you know, he's got to know he can't do that kind of thing. But anyway, uh, he, he is better in the outfield than, than we thought he was going to be, uh, and I still think he's going to be able to hit. So, uh, but the but the point is, is that all right? So what you're saying is that a Mike Miner could a, could a Mike Miner have gotten you Walker Bueller and Alex Verdugo? Oh no, nobody's going to get you there. The Dodge was going to get the Dodgers' top two prospects. You just told me that someone that you could uh, that you might be able to get somebody's top two prospects. No, I said you might be able to get somebody's one of somebody's top three and maybe oh, somebody else difference. in the top ten. One, one and one. Huh? I mean, two in the top ten is what you're saying. Yes. Well, that's similar to a Walker, Bueller, Alex Verdugo trade. Let's uh, – <laughs> You said one of the top three. Those are certainly – those are two of the top three. Let me give you a uh, – let me give you a, a – a, a, Give me a pie in the sky. I'll give you a pie in the sky. Um, you make you you deal minor to Atlanta, yeah, and you get either Christian Pache, who is their number one prospect, or Drew Waters, who is their number four prospect. Both are outfielders. Yeah. Um, you get somebody else in their top ten. Say maybe you get the catcher Contreras, um, or maybe you get one of the left-handed pitchers Gohara or Allard. That's the kind of deal I'm talking about at the top end, and I think you could still get another prospect or two, but you're looking for upper-level prospects who can play in the big leagues quickly, be with you a long time, and uh, who are who are coming from stocked farm systems. What the Rangers got for, for Darvish was they got a top-10 hitting prospect and they got two guys in 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 Alexi and Brendan Davis who also have who also have some futures. Alexi's hurt this year, uh, but they weren't top they weren't top ten top fifteen prospects. No, and and Calhoun was a top hitting prospect, but he didn't have a position at that point in time. Um, I, I think 
with minor, you're talking about getting a second player in the top 10 um, and then a third prospect along with it. Yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not ruling it out. Uh, I, I don't. You know, I I think certainly you know you you entertain the notion. You say here here's here's the guy here's a left-handed pitcher, an all-star, uh, who over the last uh, year has been a, a really good pitcher. Um, and he's how old is Mike now? Is he thirty or thirty-one? Minor turns thirty-two this winter. Okay, so he's thirty-one, um, and there's not a lot of miles on that arm, even though it's a Tommy John. Um, no Tommy John. No Tommy John. That's right. That's right. Shoulder. Shoulder. That's right. I forgot. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I, certainly if they if they have a guy, uh, uh, you know, some prospects that have been dangled in front of them and that they really like, then that's that's that'd be an issue. And and because they need talent, there's no question about that. I do I do say um, we we just we just see what prospects are. You know, I, I guess that's my big problem with that. You know, when the Rangers traded um, for Jonathan LaCroix and, um, and boy, I, I was up late last night finishing a story and I'm having trouble thinking this morning. The the reliever they also got from the Brewers who went back to the Brewers. Jeremy Jeffress. Jeremy Jeffress. Uh, and they gave up Lewis Brinson and and, uh, and Luis Ortiz. Um, no, it's not Luis Ortiz. What am I, what am I thinking? For Jeremy Jeffress? Yeah. Uh, they traded – so for Lou Croy, because they made two trades with the Brewers. They got um, – <sighs> for Lou Croy, it was Brinson, Ortiz. Um, yeah, that's what it was. And for Jeffress – man, why can't I remember who they traded? Uh, well, anyway, let, let's just get to this point. Uh, yeah, let's get to whatever your point Well, Brinson has now been traded twice and has done nothing either place. And and Brinson was a was a top outfield prospect. There was a feeling that he was going to be a really good uh, major league center fielder. Mm-hmm. And that just hadn't happened, you know? Right. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, there, there's just so much risk involved with prospects. Uh, and, and Oh, I'm sorry. That it was Jeffress and Lucroy. The deal was one deal. Yeah. For Brinson, Ortiz, and Ryan Cordell. Yeah. So uh so that trade Ortiz has been traded twice too, by the way. Yeah, right. Uh so you know you know, these were guys that they were really uh everybody thought that well, this is a steep price that the Rangers were paying, but they're getting a, a catcher that can you know, and then of course we all know about how that worked out. Um I just uh you know, it's it's the it's the old bird in the hand thing with, with me. This this is the guy you know what this you know what this uh, player is, um, and you're you're betting on these other ones. And I guess that's the the situation that the you know as you as you laid it out, and it certainly makes sense uh, that the that the Rangers are behind. Um, they ha- they've had a lot of prospects that they've counted on. Uh, I, I guess I would have more confidence in the Rangers if more of these prospects had just come through. We heard forever about uh, you know Martin Perez, uh, and uh, and then Perez was okay, and then he's been let go, then he's been okay with the Twins again. We heard forever about Leody Tavares, you know, and now it looks like to me he's he's got no pop at all, uh, and it looks like he's uh, you know a fourth outfielder, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so these were these weren't guys who were just 
oh, some guys working their way through. These were the guys they were counting. These were their, their top prospects in their system. And when had they panned out? Joey's, Joey has panned out now, uh, mm-hmm. and he's been, uh, he's been really good. Uh, there, there's just not enough of that. You know, and, that, and that's why I just don't have much confidence in them, I guess. And I don't have the confidence in them to make a decision uh, and, and to trade a guy and to get quality back uh, and uh, quality players who are going to make a difference. Well, what you're saying right now is that you lack confidence in the front office. Yeah. I, do. I mean, that's what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just, you know, they just haven't been able to identify uh, these players. Um, you know, I know that the Astros have had a lot of high picks, but that's been a while since they've had those those high picks. And and they're still producing players, you know. They're still – you know, is that what we said about Alvarez. The guy comes up and every time he hits the ball, he's just – mashing you know he there are no there's no soft contact with him you know and he just walks right into the lineup it's like how many of these guys are they going to keep bringing up uh now they they've got some they've had some injuries and so they've got some weak spots in there you know tyler white i don't i don't think that he's you know he doesn't seem like an astros kind of uh prospect to me uh but you know they, they've got enough other guys playing in position you know miles straw they're playing him all over the place. Guy's fast, uh, you know. He's he's just got he got a, a Here's good the Rangers, skill set. I'm not going to go through our top ten. I've got the Rangers top ten prospects from MLBPipeline.com. Um, number one is Hans Kraus, who has pitched well but has a bone spur and is going to have that removed after the season. Number two is Cole Wynn, who has pitched okay at Hickory after skipping basically both the rookie levels. Number three is Anderson Tejeda, the shortstop, who is now out for the year with a left shoulder injury. Number four is Julio Pablo Martinez, who has who has played okay at uh, at 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 Class A uh, at and advanced is, class A, and is older. Um, is 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 older. Number five is Bubba Thompson, who's missed significant portions of the year with a broken hamate and is having a terrible year when he has played, hitting just one thirty six. Uh, number six is Leody Tavares, who we talked about, who uh, he's got a pair of homers. Um, this year in 86 games, not great by any stretch. Um, number seven is Joe Palumbo, who had an inauspicious couple of outings for the Rangers. Uh, one really bad one, one decent one, and, and one that was uh, just, you know, get through four innings for him. Number eight, Jonathan Hernandez. Um Still inconsistent, but might have the best stuff of any pitcher in the, in the organization. Number nine, Brock Burke who missed significant portions of the first half with uh, with his own arm issues. And number 10, Nick Solak, who they acquired last week from Tampa Bay for Pete Fairbanks. So he's walked his way into the top 10. He was Well, he was number 12 in the in the Tampa Bay organization. He's number 10 now in the Rangers. Um, and then to round out the, the top dozen, you've got Taylor Hearn, who's missed most of the year with an elbow injury, and Chris Seiss, uh, the shortstop, who has missed uh, – who will miss his second year with a with a shoulder injury? So, who who is the other position player who has a shoulder injury? Tejeda and Sice. Yeah, Tejeda and Sice. What, what what is it with this organization? Even even the and position them, players are getting both their of them arms hurt. injured their shoulders diving back into the base Ugh. with their with their left arm. They jammed their left arm. I guess they kind of subluxed it when they jam, jam, when they went mm-hmm. back in and right. and really screwed up their shoulders. So I mean that's that's the top twelve. It's it's 
the Rangers have had a great winning percentage in the minor leagues this year, um, and the the low the lower level teams have been really good. But it has been a star cross season because um, you haven't really had uh, guys advance to the big leagues and really contribute um, in the brief auditions that they've had. Um, you've had a number of top prospects uh, get hurt. Um, you know, Cole Reagans was this organization's top three prospects two years ago. Now he's looking at his second Tommy John. Who knows if he's ever going to pitch in the big leagues. Yeah. Um, it's it's just been – there have been far too many injuries uh, to the pitchers and uh, a lot of bad luck for the hitters. Yeah, and the injuries, as far as we know, are, are bad luck. I mean, the Rangers have tried that whole deload thing and, and tried to avoid that, and they, they've examined it. You can't blame them for guys getting hurt. I, I the, um, You know, I think there's gonna there's a lot of debate. Debate. There's a lot of debate about the deload. <laughs> deload. Debate yeah. over deload. <laughs> um, you know, the last – the two drafts where they used the deload program were where they went heavy on high school pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um not so much an issue when they take college pitchers. Uh, and, and I think that, look, you, with 18-year-olds who have who are coming from high school programs, even if they're elite high school programs, their ligament is still growing. Um, they, uh, they've had ridiculous workloads and showcases and all that other stuff over the course of the year. And I think there's a lot more unpredictability and volatility uh, related to to the shoulder and the elbow. Um, this year, this team went much harder on college players. Uh, the The Baylor pitcher that they took, uh, Bradford, mm-hmm. um, he fortunately has already had a Tommy John. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was a Tommy John. I think it was. It doesn't mean he can't have another one. Right. Um, so I, the deload program was was constructed more for the high school players to try and manage their, their – um, uh, transition into professional baseball. Uh, it wasn't so much a thing that they were doing blanket throughout the organization. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they've, they've certainly, whatever they've tried to do in terms of accelerate development for pitchers has not taken place. No, it hasn't, you know, and that was why I think it was important that they did draft so many uh, college players high uh, in this uh, draft, took two third basemen, college third basemen, two big 12 third basemen in, uh, in the first round. Um, and uh, they need to, they need some hits. They need some guys that, to produce um, in, at, from the top of the draft. Haven't gotten that either. All right, that's going to be it for our Rangers podcast. We got to move on. Uh, we're also going to have a little uh, Big Twelve slash college football. Uh, don't say podcast. it. Don't say it. I don't want to hear that word. What slash? Smorgasbord. I didn't say smorgasbord. Okay. You said it. See, see, you said it, not me. You said it. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's going to do it for our uh, Rangers podcast uh, for this week. I uh, hope you have a good one, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.